Jackie Mason passed away just two weeks ago, less than two weeks. He was known by Jews and non-Jews and loved by many. Not by all of them, but by many. Mason was born with the Jewish name is Yaakov Moshe Akohen Maze. Maze is a last name who is really an acronym in Hebrew. Mizera Aaron Akohen, from the descendants of Aaron the high priest. That if somebody has the name Maze, you know is probably uh, an, a, a priest. From the, it's from the, it's a Kohen, the Kohen family. And it's a play of war, that's Mazed, that means the one who sprinkles the, 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 the water of the red heifer and, 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 the, and the non-pure, it's, it's a Kohen. It's, it's, but it's a Kohen. And this, but the family Mazed is a very famous rabbinic family. He was his father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather, his great-great-grandfather were all rabbis. His brothers were rabbis. Everybody was rabbis. Interesting enough, almost uh, a little, almost hundred years ago, was living in in uh, in um, in Moscow. Was living uh, was the chief rabbi of Moscow. His name was Yaakov Maze. The same name, Yaakov Yaakov Maze. And he was a known. He became very famous in the Jewish world. Why? Because of the Baileys. Um, blood libel. Mm. You ever heard about that? Yeah, in 1912, yes, the Bailey's trial, they accused the guy with the name Mendel Bailey's in Russia that he murdered a, a Christian boy to mix his, to mix his blood in matzah. Mm. Something that was a terrible accusation that had no, nothing true about, nothing, and the Jews suffered from it for many, many generations. I would say in the modern history, that was probably the last time there was a trial about it. Mm-hmm. And it was the most famous trial about the, a blood libel in Jewish in the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. In the 20th century, let's put it this way. And what he said at that time, they were already more enlightened, the accusers, the government, the, the persecutions. He said, no, not all the Jews are doing it. The Hasidic Jews are doing it. Now, who is Hasidic Jews in Russia? Who is the dominating Hasidic movement? Chabad. It means that they're really accusing Chabad. And they came to interrogate the, the, the Chabad Rebbe, who was the fifth Chabad Rebbe at the time. Chabad got very involved in this, because they knew if this goes to, if he's become finding, found it guilty, will be, will be pogroms all over former Soviet Union. It will be terrible. Then they hired a famous lawyer, Grosenberg, a Jewish lawyer. Then they came to hire him. They told him, he says, he was going around in his office, in his study, and he says, my mind tells me not to take the case because I know they will go against me no matter what I say. But my heart tells me I have to take the case because mm-hmm. it's the Jewish people. How can I not take the case? Mm-hmm. He took the case that they looked for a rabbi who will come to defend the Jewish people. Yaakov Maze was the man. He was an amazing orator, very uh, a genius writer. Basically, he had everything what it take. The guy spoke on the, in the court case for eight hours with one break. Eight hours he defended the Jewish religion. And he proved that all that they bought is garbage and nonsense. And they bought proofs from the Talmud and proofs from this and proofs from this. He made the joke out of them. Mm-hmm. 
And when, he, when, when, when the Jewish people won the case, he became, he, he, he did an amazing job. He himself is from a Chabad family. This Yaakov Mazer from, his father was Chabad, his, uh, his mother was from his Nagdish family, from, from a Litvish family. His father died when he was young, that his grandfather from his mother's side raised them, he raised them not Chabad, but he always had a Warren's part of Chabad. He was in general a very good man, he helped people, he always defended the Jewish people in front of the Tsar and in front of the, government, the communist government. It was, in any case, he's for sure from the same family. I don't know if it's a grandchild, because Yaakov Mazer passed away in 1924, and Jackie Mason was born in 1928, and he has the same name. Then I wouldn't, I can assume that he was named after him. Okay. In any case, Jackie Mason was born to a, to a, to a, to a Orthodox family, rabbis. And you know, and when he was very young, by the age of 12, Mason understood that he cannot be a, he's not going to be a rabbi. His three older brothers were rabbis, and he says his young, older brother, older than him, was a genius. Then if he want, nobody paid attention to him, he was the youngest, four boys, <laughs> he doesn't exist. The only way to find get attention, he had to crack jokes. That he realized that this is, is, is no future as a rabbi in front of his brothers. Mm-hmm. And um, but the surrounding neighbor where he grew up didn't appreciate the jokes. They shushed them up in the shiva, educated jokes, let's listen to what you learn. It was, ne- it was never appreciated. But he, he, he decided to be a rabbi because he couldn't disappoint his father. He went to yeshiva and he got smicha, rabbinical ordination from a very famous rabbi, from Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, from Manhattan. He was a famous rabbi. Yeah. He became a rabbi. He saw not too many people come to services. He started to crack jokes. He started to say jokes. And suddenly, more people are coming and more are coming and more non-Jews than Jews. That he said to himself... Why? He has to do it without money. He can make a living from it. When his father passed away, he, lost, he left his rabbinat and he became what he became later. It's interesting, they interviewed them and somebody asked them, and I think an NPR years ago, they asked them if, uh, I heard the, the interview now, they asked them if, if being a rabbi prepared them for uh, becoming a Comedian. He says, absolutely. He says, what's going on? He says, what's a, what's a synagogue? People come to shul for everything but to pray. <laughs> they come to meet friends. They come to do business. They come to speak politics. Anything. What not to hear from the rabbi, a speech, a lecture now, preaching them. They are not ready to hear a word about it. That the rabbi has to get their attention, say jokes, and sneak in something meaningful, something that he can take home, because that, that's his job, is to make them to his, keep the spiritual, spirituality going. Yep. They said exactly that's what happened. But interesting enough, Mason in his own way reminded Jews about the Judaism. First of all, many Jews didn't like his jokes. They used to say, it's too Jewish. Mm-hmm. What does this mean, it's too Jewish? The jokes, his jokes remind him about the Judaism. Mm-hmm. He once said that his Jewish accent, his Yiddish accent, made the Jews not comfortable because it reminded them of something that they tried to run away from. That they're, they're good Americans. And, and in general, he always used to make fun of the Jews that they're trying to become Americans. 
And they didn't appreciate because it used to make fun that they're trying to get away from their Jewish identity. And he used to show them how Jewish they are against their will. <laughs> no matter how much they try to be Americans, how Jewish they are. My grandparents, all of whom were older, did not sound like him. Did not sound like no. no, he made it purposely. He was right. born in America. Right, right. My grandparents from the Bronx. I mean, they, they sound like a little know. bit, but yeah, no, he not, not he, like he he made it his his right, thing. Right. Is is you is, is to the is distinct thing. It was distinct by this. Right. He said he said once that he feels an obligation that when a person when a person makes a joke out of himself, he feels an obligation to let him know that. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. it. Is. <laughs> in two thousand and nine, he was in Florida, in Miami. He met a Chabad rabbi. He told the Chabad rabbi, I want to help you. You have a class? He says, yeah. He says, I'll come to speak to perform there. You can imagine like, the lunch alone turned into 90 people. Over a day, 90 people showed up. He walks in, he says, you guys, I have to come to make you come to shul. You cannot do it on your own. Shame on you. And then he, he did it for free, obviously. And then um, he, said, he said that once he saw the Rebbe, he came to see the Rebbe. I don't know when it was. Could be when it was. It was the riots in Crown Nights, remember? And he came to try to negotiate, to make a, to mediate between the Jews and the black. In any case, he said he came to see the Rebbe. He was afraid the Rebbe would tell him, why are you not learning more Jewish and this? The Rebbe gave him a bracha. He should be successful to make people happy. The Talmud tells us a story about a rabbi who was once in the market. And he, Elijah, the prophet, revealed himself to him in the middle of the market. Tells Elijah, Elijah, if you're already here, I, need a, I have a question. Who in this market goes to heaven? He pointed them on two people. The rabbi runs after them. Rabbi Boka, Boka was his name. He runs after them. And he asked them, what is your occupation? They tell him, we are comedians. And we are happy people. And we make other people happy. And we see... When we see people are sad, we make them happy. Mm-hmm. They're going to heaven. Then Jackie Mason is a very big place in heaven. Now in this week's parsha, we read a parsha. There is a chapter, a part of this week's parsha we read every time by the holidays. Start with the word kolapcho. We read it why? Because there is a. In this parsha, it's mentioned. In this ch- chapter, is mentioned all the three holidays: Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. When you look at the we look inside, you know on the holidays it's a mitzvah to rejoice, to be happy. Mm-hmm. How you be happy? You men, the men should eat meat, the women should buy them clothing or jewelry, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the children you give them candies and stuff like stuff like this. But when you look inside, the word joy by Pesach it's not written at all. So you have to be joy, rejoice. Yeah, we learned it from all three from the other holidays, but it's not written clearly. On Shavuos, it's written once, you should rejoice yourself. On Sukkot, it's written twice. And actually, in another place in the Bible, it's written one more time. One more time. Three times it's written. Then the question is that the Talmud is already asking, and the Medrash, why? Why Pesach, no joy? Why Shavuos once, and why Sukkot? Three times. Then the Medrash wants to give an explanation, an agricultural explanation. No, the holidays are compared to the seasons of the year, are connected to the seasons of the year. Pesach is the is the is the is the, comes in the in the spring. Mm-hmm. 
In the spring, it's like you take the, you, the barley, you, take, you already harvest the barley. But on Pesach, it's still, you're all, all your produce is still in the field. You're still worried. You don't know what's going to happen. You're not a happy man. Mm-hmm. In the olden days, everybody were, were, were uh, farmers. Everybody was, that's your life. That's what your livelihood. You're, you're dependent on that. You survived on that. Then Pesach, people are not so excited. They're happy, but it's a holiday, but they're not happy. Shavuos, they already harvest the, the, the things that grow from the earth, whatever I'm saying, the, the barley, the wheat, these kind of things. But the trees, the fruits and the trees are still growing. Mm-hmm. Then you're happy, but not very happy. Mm-hmm. By Sukkot, by the holiday of Sukkot, after, 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 in, like in October, mm-hmm. by this time, all your produce is already in the, in the store, storehouses. Mm-hmm. Whatever you have, you have. You know already what you have. You are safe for the year. Now you can celebrate. Right. That's an agricultural explanation. But what's about the Jew who lives in the diaspora and he's not on a, he lives in Solon? I mean, the holidays are not only because connected to the to to to, to the seasons. It's a, it's a holiday because he left Egypt. Shouldn't we be happy that we left Egypt? Sukkot and Shavuot come from Pesach mm-hmm. are because of Pesach. Then it should be written three times on Pesach to be joy, and once on Shavuot and, and, and Sukkot, maybe not at all. It yeah. should be the opposite. There's something very interesting. Think about it. Talk about joy. Is there a difference between being joy, joyful, or laughing from jokes? Yes. What's the difference? Depends on the joke. <laughs> Sometimes joke. It's more than depends on the joke. Let's say you're going to Jackie Mason. Yeah. Oh, you're talking on the online. He has many. Yeah. You, you listen for an hour. You laugh. Yeah. Put in a good mood. Yeah. It's the beginning. It's the gate for joy. I yeah. understand. But joy is something much deeper. Mm-hmm. Joy, what makes a person happy? Not jokes. What makes a person happy? What makes you happy? I knew the answer when I'd be sitting here. <laughs> Where would you go if you're happy? Um, <laughs> what makes a person happy? No, we don't have, we don't have any... Many things, you know. For example. Love. Love, love makes okay. people happy. You're right, this is true. Yeah. Um, beauty. Beauty makes people beauty happy. Beauty makes people happy? Maybe, Okay. Actually, Jackie Mason had a big thing about this, but, you know, Glam going down to the Grand Canyon and staring at a hole in the ground. And, you know, they were overwhelmed because of this beautiful hole in the ground. I've been there. It's very overwhelming. Yeah? Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, he used to talk about that. What them, I'll tell you, what yeah. makes really people happy, yeah. what gives you satisfaction is accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You go, you buy something, you sell, you renovate, you makes you feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Doing things, success, success accomplishment, not so much success as accomplishment. Right. Right. Helping others, people volunteer, it makes them feel good. Yeah, getting something done. Getting something accomplished. Then there is a big difference. When, when you look at it from this point of view, the Rebbe wants to explain it. Pesach, God took the Jews out of Egypt. They didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. They actually didn't want to leave. The Egyptians chased them out of Egypt. And they didn't do anything. They were all like standing like this. They were very passive. Then they didn't feel they accomplished. There was no sense of accomplishment. You know, a person rather 
enjoys earning one dollar than getting a gift from somebody else of ten dollars. Sure. Then there is no enjoyment there. The Pesach there was not their accomplishment. Shavuos was after 49 days of counting the days to, to, the, to, to give receiving the Torah. It was a certain level of, of preparation. Mm-hmm. But still God came down from heaven all the way to Mount Sinai and gave him something. Mm-hmm. Again he gave them something. They didn't do anything. Sukkot comes after Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. After Yom Kippur doing repenting for the golden calf, after walking, after doing what you... This is a time of rejoicing, a time of happiness. Then that's why we are more happy. The more we invest in something, the joy is bigger. Mm-hmm. The, f- the feeling of satisfaction and feel of um, like you are happy with yourself, your real happiness, tranquility if you want. I mean, you feel good about yourself. The message is, we don't want, nobody asks for us to be Jackie Masons. But we can bring joy to somebody else. Of course. Oh, it's nice.